Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Oh, jeez, calm down. I'm I'm one of your hosts, Sergio. (laughs) That excited voice on the other end is Jeff Hubbard. How's it going, man? I've had sugar. (laughs) (laughs) I went all day without caffeine, and I was wondering why I didn't have a headache, why I had a headache. It's it's weird. Yeah. But now that I've had some, I feel much better. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Crippling caffeine addiction. Fantastic, Sergio. Yeah. Wait a Let's just let's, let's let's get to news, because because like I'm very 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 excited to talk about the topic that we're going to talk about this week, and, and before we can do that, we have to talk about the the little news that trickled out this week. Uh, so do, do you want to do you want to throw to some some Funko news, Jeff? Yes. Um. Kind of and just kind of like I want to say, out of left field, kind of out of nowhere, like I didn't really expect, um, us to get more turtles pops. Yeah, because they, you know, kind of already did Turtles Pops. Um, they did a, a but, few runs of them, actually. Like, they did the, the 8-bit, then they did the weird colored 8-bit ones. And, you know, so it's like, you know, well, Funko's always releasing multiple versions of, of whatever, but uh, I'm very excited uh, that they recently just announced. Uh, so apparently, we are getting Ninja Turtles 1990s movie pops. Yeah. At least that's what we're led to believe. That's what they kind of look like. Yeah, they haven't like fully said. Like, there's not really. They didn't do um, the lettering like from the movie itself. It's just the standard '80s Turtles logo. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you put two and two together, you see their, you know, their knee pads, their elbow pads. You know, just the way that they're, um, you know, the way that they look. I mean, it leads you to believe that also the fact that Casey is going to be one of those. Yeah, yeah. And a weird April. That is a like, weird April. It It's because in the movie, April didn't wear her yellow jumpsuit because that would be weird. Because um, <laughs> it's based off, you know, more of the comics than anything else. But she wore a raincoat, like a yellow raincoat in the first film. But this is like straight up. 87 cartoon April that looks like Judith Hogue, which I'll take it, but it's a chase or, you know, at least it's not part of the, you know, the main, you know, ones that are coming. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the April that like of all these pops, the only one that is going to be hard to find is April, uh, which they always do have the one in, in the, in the group that you have to go chase down. But uh, and I don't they, think that's fair. For April. I really you do don't. think that's fair? You I don't. don't. I do Why? not. Because I just that stinks. It should be readily available. Well, yeah. Well, by that argument, all of them should be readily available, which I agree. But if they're going to make one a chase figure, then let it be April. Because typically April O'Neil or, or girl figures are the ones that just sit on shelves anyway. I don't so know. More it, lately, ma- it makes the most sense to me. It depends. A lot of that stuff is flying off the shelves more. Yeah. But it just it just really depends on, you know, what type of brand you're, you know, you're selling. Yeah. Uh, with that said, they look wonderful. If they if they actually look the way they look. Yeah. Like in person, these these are the best pops that we've gotten so far. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of disappointed. No splinter. 
no shredder, no Tatsu, no foot soldiers. Of course, that could this could be just wave one. True. Um, uh, let, let me hit on the other piece of news that we have before we, we dive into our main topic. Okay. Uh, and and uh, this isn't really news as it is just an update. Um, as of right now, if if you have sixty some odd dollars, uh, you can go to the to to our to our good friends NECA, their website. You can pre-order the Leatherhead slash duo that was previously a Target exclusive. Uh, you can now order it directly from the manufacturer. Uh, so if you missed out on those figures and you don't want to pay scalpers on the eBay, because then nobody I would, should. Then no one should. No one should. Uh, I, I would uh, suggest jumping over there pretty quickly. Um, they claim that it's going to be – the pre-order is going to be up until Friday. This looks to be one of their uh, pre-orders that once you buy it, it's yours. There's no cancellations. There's no returns. It's just you, you gave us money. We give you figure and then transaction complete. Yeah, you better make sure those funds are in the bank or yeah. under your mattress. Yeah, yeah. So – so I, I placed my order, which means that at this point, uh, I, the only the only current NECA set that I don't have either coming or have bought is the Casey Jones and the the slashed uh, foot soldier. Yeah, that's that's a Target exclusive. That one has not come up as for pre-order, so it's very possible that's what's coming next. But they t- they tend to be doing one every other week mm-hmm. for about. You know, well, actually, the Bebop and Rocksteady is up as well. So if you missed Bebop and Rocksteady last year, uh, they're restocking it on NECA.com. So, hey, I got a friend that could use one of those. They uh, they promised they were going to do better, and this is them doing better. I, I I finally, I think I can finally say, hey, good job. Yeah, but didn't you uh have a boo boo in one of your orders? Oh yeah, yeah. So my Super Shredder came in, and the figure looks great, but. The box is damaged, mm. and like I'm not like I'm not holding on to this thing to be like, oh, I'm a collector. I need a mitten in box. Blah blah blah. I'm, I'm not I'm not that guy. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No 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 no. There's not anything wrong with that, but I'm not that guy. Yeah, it's just you don't take it out, play with a tub. I'm not I'm, I'm not even gonna do that. It's just I like it's having it in package so I can know what the packaging looked like and and you know just kind of you know. Or, romanticize the idea of oh this thing this thing is still you know as it was purchased yeah but getting it in the mail and it be being damaged even though the box it came in was not damaged just tells me that in the warehouse someone dropped it and then they shipped it anyway it's just it 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 sucks but oh yeah and but the the only thing that really like really bothers me about it is i paid like 21 dollars shipping 21 dollars regular shipping Ouch. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Like, I mean, I feel the pain, although I'm feeling the other pain in the sense that uh, just when I was putting the funds together to get a pre-order metalhead, I missed out. Oh, man, that's that's terrible. So if anybody out there wants to help donate to the uh, uh, needy metalhead must-have fund... <laughs> Please. So, so I guess we need to jump into our 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 main topic because we have a lot to talk about. We do a lot. And when, when I, you know, when I when I told you, hey, hey, these are the issues you need need to read, knowing you had never read them before, I was very excited because there are certain runs in uh in the IDW book, which is what we're reading. Uh, 
that are better than others or some that are just very iconic for that series. And we're literally going to cover two of them today, right now. Yeah. Uh, last last time we talked, uh, we covered all the way up to, what was it, issue 20? No. What was it? 16. Issue 16. That's correct. Cause, yeah, because we did 8, 8. Okay. And in, today we're going to cover issues 17, 18, 19, 20. We're also covering the Fugitoid, the Fugitoid Micro, the Krang Micro, and the Baxter Micro. But most importantly, we're covering Secret History of the Foot Clan. Woo! Which, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is very much an indie comic. It, of course, IDW is, you know, a big thing now, but... It still is a very small pub- publisher compared to the big two. Yeah. And a lot of the comics that they produce don't get a lot of uh, attention. You know, it's it's not like, oh, you, you got to check out this new Transformers book. It's mind-boggling. B- like, no, it's just a Transformers book, you know. Secret History of the Foot Clan is one of the, one of the runs that got attention outside of just Turtles people. Like it, it became one of those 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 four issue miniseries that people outside of the Turtles realm were like, yeah, I'm gonna check that out because it was sure. so well written and well well drawn. Yeah. So we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, are you ready to jump into these, Jeff? I'm ready. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Fugitoid Micro first, which it holds a special special place in my heart because we get. Basically a retelling of the classic Fugitoid story mm-hmm. to fit very, very squarely in the IDW continuity. It's arguably more tragic. Actually, I'm not going to say arguably. It is absolutely more tragic than the previous uh, story. Yeah. Um, and we learn the basically the secret origin of an IDW character that me and you have been just kind of joking about ever since – the early days of shellheads and that is chet yeah 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 so i'm I'm gonna run through this real quick uh professor honeycutt we 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 know we we know that name uh from the original card or original comic uh and he of course in this version is a neutrino so professor honeycutt is working for krang and 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 he's been he's basically in charge of, of helping build the technodrome uh, once he finds out that that you know the technodrome is going to be used for genocide, he starts to uh, starts to second guess himself, as one should. As one should, yes. Uh, he proceeds to try to you know delete all of his work uh, and 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 escape you know with with the resistance because obviously Krang is the bad guy and the neutrinos are not the bad guys. And he packs packs up his his uh his little server bot Sal. Uh, it was named the same as the original uh, comic book. Yeah. And he's trying to flee, and they get blown up by uh, Utrams. And ultimately, he has to put his brain into the robot to go in and save people? Yeah, his family. Yeah. Who ultimately die anyway. Whew. Yeah. That just ooh, it 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 tugged at me. 
Yeah. So so he put himself his brain into the body to save his family because the body can run through some fire. He gets in there. His body dies like his real body dies. So he's stuck in this 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 robot body thinking that he just saved his family and that he couldn't get the doors open fast enough and his family burned to death, which is horrible. Terrible. Uh, very shortly after that, he escapes to, of all places, New York City through a transmat. Transmat, is that what they call it here? I don't think so. Um... Yeah, no, it does. It doesn't say what it's called, uh, but it's basically a tra- transmat. He had been working on a teleport, a, a teleporter, and he wasn't even sure if the teleporter would work. He steps through it, and when he steps through, he's in New York City being chased by rock soldiers. Fantastic. Uh, one of the th- features that this fugitoid robot has, that that you know, the Sal robot, uh, is that it has the ability to shapeshift, which is cool, because later on in the Mirage Run the fugitoid robot had the ability to change shape. Now he couldn't change directly into like a, like a, a human being or a, you know, a human like thing, but he could shape shift. He could become a bigger robot or a smaller robot, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's a, it's kind of an homage to that. Um, but as he's running through the crowd in New York, he blends in by changing into a humanoid. Because nobody's paying attention. Well, in New York, no one pays attention. They're all thinking exactly. about themselves, Jeff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we then find out very shortly after that that Fugitoid is actually the uh, the, the scientist who has been working for Baxter Stockman named Chet. <gasps> That's his secret identity is a robot from another planet or from another dimension. And I, ironically... Baxter Stockman is currently helping Krang build what? The Technodrome. Yeah. So it comes full circle. Uh, Chet is Chet is Chet slash the Fugitoid is there to kind of save the day, almost like in a Rogue One style. Like let me sabotage things, but you know we 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 don't know where the story's going at this point. But we just know that Chet is the Fugitoid, and that is extremely awesome. Yes, yes, it is. What are your thoughts? I did not. I did not see that. Like, I just thought it was going to be, you know, you said, oh, it's going to be a, you know, somebody shows up. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I was was reading, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, again, it's one of those things where, you know, we're reading about it and it's like, oh, you don't see this coming. I like that. I like not being able to predict things. And this was a very nice surprise. Oh, yeah, yeah. And 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 it's things like this that the uh, this series is particularly good at. Yeah. There, there's there's a couple more reveals in in you know in the, in in the next run that we do after this that I think you're gonna find as um, satisfying as as satisfy as surprising and satisfying as the Chet reveal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so that, that's basically what you get out of the Fugitoid Micro. And the, the fantastic thing about this is when it was released, we had not even met the Fugitoid yet yeah. in this series. So it was like, hey, turtle story, turtle story, turtle story. Fantastic. You know, and then suddenly here's this Fugitoid Micro that comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it just kind of backs its way into the continuity seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really like that book a lot. Uh, I, 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 
I like that they doubled down on the tragedy of the the Fugitoid character, and all of his motivations in the book make sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's so much heart is is poured into this run, and you can just tell that people behind it are just loving it. So now you you care more about the Fugitoid, I think, more than maybe in previous iterations. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that they made significant changes to his story without changing the essence of the character. Yeah. Because in essence, he is a human's trapped, a human trapped in a robot's body. We, we know that that's always been the case. And he still is that you know, like, like someone who, you know, comes in and reads the fugitive, reads this, this, this series starting with, say, book 50. And they're like, oh, fugitoid their assumptions about the character are probably going to be right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a really impressive book. Um, what else do you got to say about it before we move on? Uh, well there, you know, you know, I'm good about finding little nuggets. Uh, yes. Yes. Show me your nuggets, Jeff. Which you, <laughs> uh, when he, when he first, um, teleports into New, um, goes through, through the portal into New York, um, on the, on the billboard, it says, uh, you know how we love, uh, Bad movies and Ninja Turtles uh, stuff. There's a uh, Zombies vs. Robots movie playing. <laughs> pretty sure how I know how that's going to play out because robots, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Like zombies can't really fight robots. No, they can't really fight either. They're like have all the intelligence of a you know two month old thick baby. I was going to say a tomato, but sure. Yeah, that'll work too. <laughs> Uh, note, note, this is the second time they've referenced the neutrinos in this series. The last time it was neutrinos that popped through a portal and attacked, who was it? Krang? Yeah, Krang. And we were like, what? Who? What? Oh, cool. And we thought it was just a cameo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> book number 17 shows that that was not a cameo. That was a no. precursor to the next big run. And that is... The Krang War. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it actually says the Krang War anywhere in any of the, the books that you had to read, but that's the name of the trade because it's it's the Krang War. It's four issues. Uh, it, it's got a consistent artist throughout the entire thing. It's one of my favorite artists. Yeah. Uh, was it – who's it? Ben, ben Bates? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But before we go into the story, can we take a moment to talk about how great Ben Bates covers are? We freaking can. <laughs> Just like there was, there was, a, there was a while I had, t I had downloaded like the, the Virgin covers of those, and they were just the random background on my, on, on my phone, for Ooh. a while because all of them were so good. I'm, I'm gonna need those. <laughs> just have to put those on my phone. I will, I will track them down, and yes. I, I feel like they picked the perfect artist for this book. For, for this run, mm -hmm. because the Krang War is set in Dimension X, and it's very modern, very sharp. It has very, sh you know, modern architecture, modern art, and his art is has very sharp edges, very aggressive uh, stylings. Mm. So it worked really, really well, specifically for this art. Ben Bates doesn't do very many more books after this. These four, he does some others, um, but I always think of his art first when I think back to this arc because it's such a special four books. 
Yeah. So um, let's let's jump into the story. The, the the whole story kicks off with the neutrinos being attacked by Krang, and, and of course we don't really know much about the neutrinos at this point. We just know that they're probably the good guys, and Krang is absolutely the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, we then the turtles uh, they they are coming off of their big win at the end of uh, issue 16. Everything seems to be kind of peachy. Uh, they're they're trying to do some research on where they come from and what what uh what uh the mutagen does that kind of stuff. Baxter Stockman, as we last left him, he was the in the employ of Krang, helping to build the Technodrome. Yeah. So yeah, he's still working for Krang. Krang is flexing his non-existent muscles, trying to force him into doing all kinds of stuff. The Shredder and Karai, like they, or the Shredder has a plan. Uh, his plan is to kidnap Leo. Like of, of all things, he, his plan is I need I that that I, I need a Chunin. Chunin is that is that what it's called? Um. A Chunin? That's a that's that's the second in command or whatever, right? Or yeah, it's like the Commander Riker of the Foot Clan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he needs a Chunin, and he's decided he's going to make Leonardo his Chunin, despite having Karai right there in the room. Yeah, kind of a big middle finger to her. Yeah, real big, real big. So that that's where their story is. Casey and and April concoct this this plan to talk to Chet, who we just found out is the Fugitoid, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and find out what he knows about the, uh, the, the 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 mutation of the turtles and 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 Splinter and just kind of co- they corner co- corner him in a park and try to, you know, bleed him with information. Well, while that's happening happening, the neutrinos show up out of nowhere. Like the the main three, what are they called? What's their names? Dac? Dax, Zach, and Kara? Kala? Kala. Yeah. They just kind of show up out of nowhere and they're like, hey, we got to go. Professor Honeycutt, we've got to go. There's no time uh, to explain. We have to go. Yes. Yeah, very, very Doc Brown of them. Yeah. And the turtles who had been hiding in a tree jump down to, you know, defend, uh, defend April and, and, and Casey. The neutrinos literally aren't there to fight, but when they're attacked, like an entire brawl breaks out where the turtles fight the neutrinos, which is really, really cool. Yeah. And into the into the issue, foom or foom, I think is the word that was used. Foom. Yeah. They're all teleported. Just they're gone. Yeah. They reappear in what looks to be a burning building or burning something, surrounded by rock soldiers. Right leaving Casey and April alone in the park. So con- con- conveniently, Casey and April were not uh, teleported, but they did explain it in the story properly. It wasn't, it, it, it didn't seem like an anomaly that they didn't go. Uh, I just feel like the way they wanted to write the story, they needed to find a way for April and Casey not to go. Yeah. And it worked. Like, like every story beat in this book works. What do you think about issue 17? That's what we're working on right now. Yeah. Um. Well, Again, getting to see kind of, you know, more about, you know, other planets and stuff like that. Of course, you know, the planet Neutrino was just was great. Uh, The thing that, God, it just 
if you guys remember from the last couple of issues, um, uh, Michelangelo has a, a buddy named Woody, who was basically the pizza dude. Right. Some stuff happened, and um, Woody just doesn't want to be involved with what whatever Mikey's got going on. So he's still really hurt from that, and so am I. That just I'm like, no, I don't want to feel things. Stop. <laughs> because you know I identify with Mikey, and so I'm like that pain. Like you just see how upset he is, and he, I mean, even when he's eating pizza. He's sad. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I don't think that we've really kind of got a lot of that that type of emotion, or that range of emotion, and, and just character development as much as we've gotten in 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 this run. Now, I could be wrong. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. And oh. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on Tom Waltz. Mm-hmm. If because his writing style is very specific like if he takes time to develop the characters very carefully but very quickly it's it's in it's injected into one page or three panels of a story and then we move on which is very effective considering how many different storylines have to be woven together for this to work yeah so i technically makes him a writing ninja yes yes (laughs) absolutely ninja writer so, yeah, I love the design of the neutrinos. Oh yeah, they have. Their I, f- I feel like I feel like they're out of the matrix. Definitely ramped up. You know, they have their classic uh, '80s cartoon uh, colors um, and hairstyles. And hairstyles, um, but yeah, definitely ramped up. Like only what they hinted at in the cartoon it was like yeah it was you know it's it's a it's a war zone you know whatever and so like we get more mm-hmm. you know of that and uh they look like they have like you know robocop armor pieces on their body um yeah which is uh which is pretty cool and 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 uh i, I probably was meant to say this later in the episode but it's on my mind right now and i feel like it needs to be said the neutrinos in the original cartoon were always kind of a throwaway character. Yeah. You know, they they carry their own little uh, fish out of water jokes. They didn't really do anything that heavy lifting. Mm. They were just kind of these goofy little characters that we met a few times. In this run, or in just in the IDW series, they're treated with the respect that I want them to be treated with. Yeah, they're they're a very big deal. Yeah, they're a big deal. They're important. They are the crux of this arc. Like, this is the neutrino. Like, I want a neutrinos spinoff. Not necessarily spinoff. I want like a five issue miniseries that is the neutrinos protecting their homeland or something. You know, like yeah, there's like, so much they could do with it. Maybe the beginning of the war with Krang. Like how it all kind of came about. Maybe. 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 Or the or the effects afterwards. Like there's so many, so many things that they can, they can do with it. Yeah. Let's move on to issue 18. Before we do that, I will say this. One of my favorite panels is when they're, when they, you know, when they're fighting the neutrinos and then April just out of nowhere gives one of them, (laughs) the people's elbow right (laughs) to his back. I was like, this is great. He's like, 
get ready. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I I really love April's attitude in the IDW yeah. run. Like she may not be training to be a ninja, but that does not mean she won't whack somebody with something. Oh, I love it. Okay, so the turtles and the and the neutrinos are now in Dimension X, uh, and so oh so is the Fugitoid, which. The whole reason the neutrino showed up was to bring the fugitoid back. They come back, immediately land into a war zone with some rock soldiers. Are they rock? No, those aren't rock rock soldiers. They're just soldiers. No, but there's not. also th- no. Well, there's also rock soldiers there. There's like both. Yeah. Which we don't really uh, get explanations of the uh, other soldiers. They really no, they, they they don't. I, I think at some point, I think it was Donatello that mentioned that. Krang ahead, like the rock soldiers don't naturally exist. They are a form of mutation. Yeah. That that he's made into soldiers, which makes sense. It's Krang. Um, but very quickly, the turtles realize that they're going to have to team up with these neutrinos if they're ever going to get home. So yeah. uh, they find out that Krang is not only trying to destroy the planet of neutrino, he's also trying to use the technodrome to terraform earth yeah which which obviously brings it home for the turtles and they're like we need to step up and make sure that doesn't happen we live there mm-hmm. uh casey and april of course have to visit have to go back to splinter and be like we lost the turtles we don't know where they are and splinter is a very upset he just i was like what not used to seeing them angry like out of nowhere and just snaps a broom in half yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, my bad. Yeah, but I, I like, I understand his oh. children are missing. Totally. Um, speaking of children missing, back in Dimension X, uh, the king, queen, the, the king, queen, and princess of Neutrino are being kidnapped by by, by the Krang, and it, it like it not the, the Krang soldiers. by Krang by Krang's army. There we go. Uh, in an effort to, you know, leverage the fugitoid. The fugitoid, of course, living up to his name, is wanted by Krang to help finish the the Technodrome. He kidnaps both the king and queen. Michelangelo uh, saves the princess. Woo! I mean, he goes off. Yeah, yeah. Like he, uh, Mikey has a great run. Just he's really good in this in, in these four issues. Because he kind of has a crush on the queen, on the princess, just like he didn't he have a crush on Kala or Kara Kala yeah, in the TV show. On, he had cra- yeah, he had a crush on Kala in the in the cartoon. Yeah, okay, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah, no. Um, well, April goes into her investigative reporter <laughs> uh, mode, and she continues to try to find out what's going on uh, with Baxter Stockman and. The the, the the like the mutagen and basically the history of of how the turtles became who they are and try to find out where they went. What's going on with him working with Krang? Yes, yes. Like like she's trying to put the pieces together, um, which is kind of a, a, a stand-in for us needing to put the, like the, needing the pieces put together. Yeah. April is playing us in this story. Mm-hmm. Well. She she meets up with one of her coworkers. What's that coworker's name? Um, she ends up being pretty important. Um, 
Lindsay. That's her name. Lindsay. And Lindsay points her in the direction of Burno Island, uh, which apparently Karai also heard as well. So now both April and Karai are headed to Burno Island. The turtles, of course, are in still in Dimension X, and they find out who the Fugitoid actually is. And then we get a quick retelling of the Fugitoid mi- micro. Uh, the, the turtles see Krang for the very first time, and the end of this book ends with Krang basically holding the king and queen, ho- the, the, the royalty hostage, and saying, we want the Fugitoid. And, you know, fade to black. That's the end of issue 18. Uh, this, like, this story, it, it the pacing on it in it is perfect. It is fast paced. It cuts to the other characters uh, often enough to keep them engaged in the story, but not too often that it draws attention away from the turtles and the a story that's happening in a dimension X. And there's action, there's dialogue, there's a lot of disposition. Like somehow you learn a lot and you get through the book quick. What did you think of issue 18? I'm going to kind of echo those sentiments. Like, there's no drag. Like right. it's very, it's very tightly woven. Um, it very much feels like it could be, you know, an episode of an animated series, which we desperately need, by the <laughs> way, we need an IDW animated series. Um, and I was just, you know, I, again, I'm with, you know, the, the, the other books, uh, that we've read uh, before this, I've just, I've been engaged. Like it's just, it's, it's very entertaining. Um, I love the Mikey beats, of course, uh, probably the most. Um, <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorites, when he sees the princess, he's just like, she's so awesome, you know. And that that whole scene of him just jumping up there to rescue her from that the the escape ship. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I love that they're not watering him down and making him just the butt of all the jokes because I really, really get tired of that. And this is, you know, he's he's best when he, you know, when he gets to shine. And does he shine even more throughout this run? Yes. I'm not jumping ahead of myself, but um, <laughs> I I want to see Mikey treated more like this. Yeah. In, in this run. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, issue 19, 19, no, 19, 19, 19. We get some, some really good dialogue between, uh, Neutrinos in, in, in this one. We, we learn a lot about who the characters are, um, in ways that we've never learned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they're, they're, they are putting together a plan on how they're going to save the king and queen. And the, 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 the princess is like, I'm coming with you. And they're like, nah, it's like, yeah, yeah, huh? I am coming with you. Uh, Karai lands at Burno Island uh, to try to, you know, find out what's going on there and p- see if she can get her hands on some, uh, s- some of the that mysterious, gl- mysterious green liquid. What is? Let's say, what is Gatorade? Yes, it's it's Gatorade, of course. Casey and April continue their their research on Burno Island. I don't think we get much from them this issue at all. No, we don't. Just basically a check-in saying, here's where they are, this is what they're doing, and that's what they're doing, is they're trying to find out more about Burno Island. Yeah. Karai breaks into Burno Island and starts murdering dudes and, you know, to to get basically what she wants. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neutrino, Donatello, and the Fugitoid are tasked with 
creating an end missile. I think, yeah, the, an electronics nullifying device. Uh, it's a, it's a non-lethal way to take down uh, Krang and his um, his army. Uh, but it was incomplete and then destroyed. And so Donatello, being the turtle that does machines, is tasked with helping the fugitoid. And the entire time, Donatello is like, oh, man, oh, this is so cool. I can't believe – wow. He's just absolutely starstruck by all the technology he sees. Totally nerding out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the turtles and the neutrin- neutrinos, uh, they kind of separate and leave to go – find the king and queen cut back to Karai. Karai is literally just stealing the green fluid that is basically mutagen it's 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 what's keeping a bunch of the utrams alive on burno island as while the technodrome is being constructed so she's up there just wreaking havoc and and trying to get some 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 mutagen the turtles and the neutrinos are in full-on battle uh with krang's army this is where the action really kicks up, and all of the panels are absolutely beautiful. They are. Like, absolutely beautiful. Uh, yeah. It ends it, it ends with all of the – with a standoff. Krang, Krang is on the battlefield pointing a gun at the neutrinos and holding the, the king and queen hostage, basically setting up the big final battle at the very end. I, before you point out this nugget, I'm going to point it out. Uh, during the battle scene, one of the neutrinos is driving. What is what is that? The cheapskate? Wait, what? Is that what it was called? What was the what was the uh, the little dragster-looking turtles toy? It was no, it's not the cheap cheapskate. It's the sewer dragster. Is that look? Is that exactly right? It looks just like it. Now there is a glider that looks like one of the um. Let's see what page is that on? Page nineteen. In the mm-hmm. third panel, looks just like <laughs> oh, the one attached to the uh, the, the, the freaking the, blimp, the blimp. Yeah, but look at the yeah. little dra- the, like the thing with the big wheel in front of yeah. all that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a toy. That was a toy in the eighties. Oh wow. So yeah, there's there's a lot of cool callbacks. Yeah. Uh, and and if you look in 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 the bottom panel of that exact page, look up in the sky. Oh snap. Yeah, what's that sewer sewer slider or whatever the, whatever it was that, that yeah with the with the electric eels uh huh oh snap that's great yeah yeah just just little little things sprinkled in that don't actually meet matter to the story just only people like us will be like oh there's that thing yeah <laughs> what do you think of issue nineteen it's just it's just ramping it up like it's just you know um. Again, just continuing on those beats, very well paced. Um, uh, we also find that one of Honeycutt's friends is still alive, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Um, you know, just getting getting Donnie, you know, geeking out and and whatnot. And, <laughs> and of course, the princess is like, oh, you know, I'm I'm going to join the fight. And he's like, no, 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 no we don't. He's like, Mikey, I'll, I'll look after her. <laughs> of course Mike you will oh yeah um, and the pairing of Raphael and what's it Zach I think. I think yes yes I think that's Zach that's really good because they're both very headstrong so the, mm-hmm. that plays extremely well and Turtles a Ninja Turtle in a tank 
yeah. <laughs> is always a nice, you know, just a guaranteed time. So that kind of goes back to that neutrino episode where Raph was strapped into the um, the turtle van on the uh, uh, can't even think of what it's called. Oh, the the freaking laser turret that popped out of the side. Yeah. Um, which was cool. Um, yeah, that just this is just it's it's we're we're also treated to more you know nice action panels, so the beats are really nice um, all throughout. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm just getting more and more excited. Like I just I wanted more. Oh well, there is one more, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, one of my favorite moments is coming in this this fourth issue. So let's go ahead and jump into issue twenty, unless you have other nuggets. Mm, no, I think that's about it. All right, all right. Issue 20. We pick up right where we left off. A big climactic final battle with Krang and his army. Uh, there's a really cool shot of Krang with two fistfuls of guns just blasting away, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, turtles fight, turtles fight. Neutrinos fight, neutrinos fight. Then we cut to Donatello and the Fugitoid. And this two-page little segment is something that the story's been kind of hinting on for ever since, like, the first eight issues. And that is Donatello's reliance on science instead of faith. Yeah. And it's something that he's clearly very uh, confused and unsure about because he like he's bought the, the the idea that these turtles are reincarnated versions of their past selves mm. but he still hasn't been able to reconcile the scientific aspect of it or the lack thereof yeah his conversation with the fugitoid here is about how the transportation technology works and basically what the fugitoid said is we copy you and then we paste you wherever you need to go. And then the original you is destroyed. Yeah. Yes. And there's no scientific reason for your consciousness and your memories and your, your everything to make the, make the transition with you. But for some reason it does. We don't know why it just does. Yeah. And Donatello's like, there's gotta be a scientific reason. And future towards like, well, there might be, but we don't know. Ultimately, we just have faith that it's going to work, and it's hard for like you could see on like on Donatello's face. What I don't how how do I you know how do I come to terms with this? And it's little bitty moments like this that like I'm not going to I'm, I may refer to this in later episodes when we talk about later issues, but it's yeah. moments like this that are very very important when much larger things happen later in the run. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to spoil anything, but I don't know if the, you know, larger things that happen later were always part of the idea and this is laying the groundwork or they just decided, you know what? We've been laying this groundwork, let's really do something with it. Mhm. I don't I don't know. I I don't, I don't I would love to talk to 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 Walt and, and find out because it's 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 a fascinating build up to to what ends up happening. Yeah. So, okay, 
yeah. So so there's that. I I really really like that exchange. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Little little the little touches, the little moments. Yeah. So we find out that uh, Karai has not only broken into uh, Burno Island, she has drained one of the tanks with a Ultraminute, killing it, and she stole an entire canister of mutagen, and she is off. She's gone. Which the canister looks exactly like the ones in the second Turtles movie. Yes, yes. So that's really, really cool. Uh, the turtles are the turtles and the the, the neutrinos are beating Krang's uh, his army. Of course, it's go it goes back back and forth, but you, you can tell where it's going to end up. There's a really beautiful panel of Leonardo and Michelangelo just just wailing on Krang. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what page that is. Uh, 17. It's like page 20, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And like this, this is, I feel like this is Ben Bates at his best. Oh, absolutely. Just let loose to, 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 to make the most ridiculous action panel you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And he just makes it flow. Yeah. Just Donatello and the Fugitoid have gotten the, the end missile, Repaired, and you know they're going in to to shut down all communications and whatnot. Uh, who's that? Dak? Dak? Is that, yeah, yeah. Dak gets shot. It looks fatal, but it's it not. looks fatal, but it's not. Um, big, huge, huge action sequences with a giant Krang droid thing. Yeah, Krang is basic has his gun to Michelangelo's head, and he's like, "You will come with me." Fugitoid and Honeycutt's like basically says, "Okay, I'm coming." You know, there's there's no need for any more bloodshed. I I will come and I'll help you build your you know your 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 technodrome. And from there, Krang and his uh his minions and the Fugitoid they teleport out, and the fight's over. So the turtles failed. <laughs> they well, they succeeded in getting the king and queen back, but they failed because the one thing that Krang really wanted, he got. Yeah, yeah. Um, they say their big farewells, fare, fare, farewells to the 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 neutrinos. And Casey and April are having having a moment in the sewers as they try to figure out what's going on with the turtles. And then right before they seem to share a kiss. The turtles teleport back in. In typical 80s, 90s movies fashion. Yep, yep. And there's the big, oh, hey, we're back, blah, 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 you know, group hug with with uh, with Splinter. It, it's really a, a, a good good way to wrap up what has been a very, very, like, fast and extreme arc. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about issue 20? God, there's so much going on. Oh, there is. There absolutely is. The the oh my oh my God, the action beats just had me hooked. You know, seeing Raph use a what was that neutrino rocket launcher. Uh huh. That that was nice. Um. Uh. Princess going crazy, shooting stuff. <laughs> um. Mikey going nuts. I mean, just all in. He obviously trying to impress the princess, but he's not saying anything but you know that he you know he's showboating that's what he's doing that's, that's exactly what he's doing and um again those little touches with don in exchange with the future toy were were really nice um 
and then of course you know when if you know the princess is in danger, of course Mikey's going all out again, all yep. to get that kiss at the end. <laughs> it was all worth it, man. It was, but God, his art is just this is just absolutely breathtaking. Like I want him to come back. I want him to do more. Oh, he he and he does some more. Like he he has some pretty memorable other books as well. Uh, but he doesn't ever do a like a like a multi book run. No. Oh, he should. They should. You hear me, <laughs> folks out there? Demand it. Well, I'm 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 sure some other company is paying him a lot more money to work on a on a much bigger title. Probably, but we need to probably back. pay pay that money. Get yeah. that money. Shell probably. it out. We need more. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pun intended. Okay. Yeah, cool. All the puns. Okay. So that was the Krang War. I love the Krang War. I, I think both of us spoke very, very highly of the Krang War. Yes. Uh, immediately following the Krang War, we get, uh, at least chronolo- chronologically speaking, uh, we get a another micro. Uh, they start after doing the initial four Turtles micros. They then did four Heroes micros, and they did what? Casey, April, Splinter, and the Fugitoid. That was the, that was the second four. Well, they started a another four very shortly after that. The first one being Krang, and it's basically our opportunity to learn some backstory on Krang, which is something we literally have never gotten before. Yeah, we don't know where this alien guy came from, or his backstory, or why he's so scary. And uh, w- w- that's what this story is. It's it's basically how Krang came to power. Mm-hmm. And you find out very early that. Krang is the son of a uh, Utram leader, and Krang is basically the spoiled prince who his father sees no future in. He's like, eh, whatever, just go live your privileged little life in your room, uh, little boy. I'm I'm too busy, you know, taking over the uh, taking over planets and 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 ensuring the future of our civilization to worry with you, right? Mm-hmm. Krang then. How did he end up? How did he end up going to war? Did he go to war? Stowaway. What? He stow? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So Krang stowed away on one of his his father's warships to, I guess, to prove himself, and very quickly gets stranded on this planet. While on the planet, he learns survival skills. He he befriends a, a like a, a lizard creature. He has to to live on his own, find his own food. Uh, and even though he's just a little brain man, he f- finds a way to survive, which is very formative uh, because otherwise he may still just be a bratty little kid. Yeah. So so Krang finds his way to the civilization on this planet, and it's a civilization that his father had already tried to conquer and failed. Well, uh, Krang – what's he say? He says, I chose a more direct approach, and he just rode his little dinosaur guy up there. Jumped off of him and stabbed their leader in the neck. Yeah, with the, yeah. with the aid of the uh, very what was it? With the aid of the lizard spitting venom in that dude's eyes. Yeah. Sneak attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like like we're seeing the beginning of Krang's ruthlessness. Just I'm going to kill you and I'm going to take over. He ends up uh, taking over all of the. Uh, the, the army of that of that dude that he killed, and we are led to believe that's who becomes the rock soldiers, right? Yes, that's exactly who become the rock soldiers. Yeah. 
his father shows up and is like, hey, you took over this planet, yo? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Good job, my dude. <laughs> and... Krang is basically shakes his dad's hand. I am your basically saying I'm your equal now, or I am the future of you know the Utrams. Yeah. And his 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 father pri- finally you know gives him the respect he's been asking for his entire you know his entire life. Yeah. Uh the the, the but at the very end you you learn very quickly that um uh, Krang is not fit to lead. Uh, I I enjoy this micro. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say it's amazing. Uh, I just really like that we have Krang backstory. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It very much reminds me of the 2K3 Utrum Shredder, mm-hmm. um, which they're clearly using inspiration um, for. I mean, at least that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Um, but it's more just like, hey, I'm not Shredder. I'm Krang. Um, <laughs> yeah. which I like. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like how scrappy he is. I really like how artist Mike Henderson, Mike Henderson, yeah, uh, draws Krang because he draws him in a way that no one has ever really drawn him before. He's less gross and more aggressive. Yeah, very he, and very expressive too. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like he drew him in a way that he drew him knowing that he was going to have to be active. So. Let's not get bogged down by all the weird brain features and just focus on him being nimble. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't have too much to say about it. Uh, I really like it, but it's, it's, it's not super special, I would say. Okay. With that said, let's move on to something else that's pretty good but not super special. And that's <laughs> the Baxter Micro. Oh. <laughs> Like it's not bad. Like I don't really have anything bad to say about the Baxter Micro. I'm not a fan of the art, but that's just an Andy Kuhn thing. Yeah. Um. But this is what Krang's story was to him. Baxter's Micro is very much the same to him. Yeah. It is absolutely a backstory of how Baxter became Baxter. And we show him. Uh, they show him working on the Technodrome, and there's a lot of flashbacks to. Crank or not crank Baxter as a child playing chess with his father and his father being very, very demanding and very loud and very aggressive and saying, you know, you're uh, basically you're smarter than this. Why aren't you thinking two or three moves ahead? Uh, This game should be yours. But instead, I know exactly what what all your moves are and you are going to lose. You know, just just I I don't want to say that his dad is abusive Maybe verbally abusive, yes. Yeah. But his dad definitely feels like he's teaching him the right lesson. Albeit very harshly, but yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. You know, he, he sees he sees the intelligence and the potential in, in Baxter and is disappointed that that potential has not come to the surface yet. And rather than trying to nurture it, he just tries to bully it out of him. Which doesn't help. Does not help. No. Um, concurrently in the story, uh, Baxter is building a flyborg, is what he called it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to, and, and he tells Krang that he's building the flyborg to help build the Technodrome. Krang is like, Krang, 
gives him absolutely no leeway. He, he's like, look, I can hire someone else. You need to get this job done on time. And Baxter's like, leave me alone. I'm a smart guy. I'll figure it out. And Krang's like, I don't believe you. Like, Krang does not give him any leeway. I love it. Yeah. So Baxter builds this Flyborg. The Flyborg is stronger than he even imagined it would ever be, and it just starts killing uh, rock soldiers left and right. Uh, he calls Krang and says, I'm, I've messed up. This Flyborg's way too strong. Blah, 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 blah. And Krang is like, fine, you know, uh, how do we fix this? Blah, 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 blah. And ultimately, Krang sends all of his strongest warriors in with all the big guns, and the Flyborg gets murdered, right? Mm-hmm. And Baxter is, is, is kind of seen – Krang sees this as a Baxter failure. However, something that Baxter built into the Flyborg allowed him to penetrate – Krang's digital defenses Mm -hmm. getting him basically behind the firewall and the flyborg was a distraction allowing him to do that and that brings it completely full circle the very last page of 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 the book is Baxter playing um or not playing chess with his father showing up to play chess with his father who they both clearly aged at this point. And instead of playing chess with his father, he just basically hands him a sheet of paper and says, Hey, I own your company now. Yeah. And his dad's like, what is this some joke or is this some kind of joke? And Baxter then throws his dad's words right back in his face and says, you probably should have seen this coming. You know, you've taught me that that was the lesson over all, all over these, all these years was, You've got to look two or three moves ahead. Well, Dad, I've done that. The company is mine now. Have a good life. Checkmate. Checkmate, yeah. And it, it, the very last panel is Baxter dropping the queen or jo- dropping the king like it's a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> nice touch. Really nice touch there at the end. Very nice. Um, but j- just like the, the Krang micro, this one does a really good job of explaining – how Baxter becomes Baxter, you know, the, the lack of nurturing as a child, the, 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 the bullying into becoming the, the, the super, super smart villain that he is. It makes complete sense. Like all of, all of what this character becomes absolutely makes sense after seeing his origin story. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, it was just interesting using the Flyborg as a Trojan horse. That's the word. Yes, Trojan horse. That's that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice to see these characters fleshed out more, even though they've been around for you know a rather long time. Um, so we get you know new aspects and you know a different um, a different but familiar take um, uh, on them. So this was. I mean, I, I enjoyed this one. You know, and then you know the Krang one as well. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I I did like seeing the uh, the image of the Technodrome being built, which basically looks like yep. Epcot at this point. <laughs> Maybe Epcot is just the Technodrome. It could be. They just haven't turned it on yet. Oh man, I'm waiting. <laughs> if anybody's out there proficient with Photoshop, make some Technodrome attach, you know, upgrades to the to to, to uh, Epcot. Yeah, it probably exists already. Uh, we'll 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 look for it. Let's jump to 
one of the one of the most uh, celebrated arcs of of the Turtles run, and that is the the, the miniseries, the Secret History of the Foot Clan, uh, and we get a lot of backstory in this. We do. Uh, it's we're we're literally learning the secret history of the Foot Clan, Jeff. Literally. Uh, yes, yes, and there's a lot of exposition, a lot of jumping back and forth from uh, ancient Japan to present day, uh, and and we a, a lot of the stuff that we don't know how it happened, like like the how, like we know how the turtles reincarnated, we know how Splinter reincarnated. We never we haven't been told exactly how the Shredder existed in ancient Japan and in present day. So this this story starts before the creation of the Foot Clan. Uh, it starts with a, a, a what was the name of the clan that they that predates the Foot Clan? It's the U Clan. The U. The U. The U. Yeah, uh, and the U was a clan in Japan that uh, that was great. <laughs> a clan in Japan, yeah. And one of its members, Takashi Tatsu. Hmm. Wonder where that name came from. Hmm. Hmm. Had, actually, before I do that, how do you feel about that name being used? Oh, I, f- I feel great. I freaking love Tatsu. I wouldn't say I love Tatsu. That is great. It's just a disposable character from a movie, but I disagree. But I disagree. Use, I, wanted, I wanted to see more. Yeah, yeah. Using his name in 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 this this the story of the Foot Clan, like this this is pretty good here. You, so. Long story short, the U Clan turns on one of their own, Tatsu, because he, like, so he he had become so powerful that the the leader of the U Clan was like he he needs to be dealt with, and his or, his murder was ordered. Well, rather than his murder happening, Tatsu murdered all of his murderers. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He then came back and killed the uh, the. The head of the clan, the Damio in Japan, yeah, yeah, in Japan, uh, Damio Ashikaga. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, look at that. And from there, everyone who followed, you know, everyone in the U clan then moved over. Everyone, all the surviving members, went with him to the Foot Clan. And we see how the uh, foot symbol, the origins, came about. Yes. So, that's. That's where the the beginning of the story stops, and it's uh, revealed that the story is being told by a professor in a college. In in attendance is April, Casey, and the Turtles trying to learn as much as they can about the ancient Foot Clan, knowing that this, you know, professor is an an expert on the topic. He continues to tell the story uh, of how uh, Tatsu created the Foot Clan uh, and... During you know all of this, he befriended a spirit named Kitsune. Ah, that's just another good pronunciation there. Yeah, yeah. Kitsune's a Kitsune's a big deal, so I've been practicing her name for years. Um, good. Yeah, and so it's clear that Tatsu is he, he's been uh, tainted and. Now he's basically being being manipulated by Kitsune. In present day, the turtles and April leave the 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 uh, the lecture, and Karai shows up and is like, "Hey, you know a lot about the Foot Clan. I have a job offer." 
which of course Karai works for the Foot Clan, so Shredder wants to know what he knows to to try to learn, you know, gather as much relics and, and artifacts and, and and history as he possibly can of the Foot Clan itself. Uh, it's revealed that Kitsune is providing Tatsu with an elixir that keeps him alive and basically immortal. He's lived for at least a hundred years as a you know young man uh, leading the Foot Clan and let's just say not taking it in honorable directions. Yeah. Well, once it's real, you know, because he's working with a witch, the Foot Clan turns on him much like he was turned on uh, in the U Clan. Yeah, yeah. When it was time for his elixir to wear off, uh, they they ambushed him when he was still an old man, and they killed him. April sets up a, a meeting with the the professor, and it's revealed that the pro- professor is real deep into this uh, into this research, and he's going to meet with both Karai and April, just both like, of them. You know, full on conspiracy theorist like board with all the strings and everything attached. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Shredder then reveals that what he's looking for is power. Kitsune is seen basically summoning a Utrum, an evil Utrum, who could be Krang, it could be Quanon. We we don't know. It's the the Utrum is never given a name, but he shows up in his body armor, and he's he's there to provide Kitsune with whatever she needs to bring power to her uh, her beloved. The first time I read this first book, I literally was like, what are they getting at? Like, why do I need all this backstory? Why do I need all this Japanese crap? Because I'm not a huge fan of ancient Japan stuff. I'm not a fan of samurais. I'm not a fan of ancient ninjas. I, I just, I'm just not. You know I am. I know you are. So I knew you would dig this. Oh, yeah. But it was very hard for me to see the point until that last panel when the Utram shows up. I'm like, uh oh, oh. So, like, the Utrams were working with the foot way before modern times. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it was just really cool to see all of this stuff kind of woven together. Mm-hmm. Before we move to issue two, what do you have so far? I made no notes. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> but, um, again, can we just – can we talk about the art? Yes, we can. I was wondering when you were going to say that. Just, I, I want to cuss. It's that good. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's breathtaking. Um, how do you pronounce his name? Mateus Santaloco, I think. I, that could be wrong, but that's what I'm going with. He's the man. He's also the writer. So he he wrote and drew drew this entire run. <sighs> man, and, my, and I'd tip my hat if I wore one. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's better than Ben Bates. They are distinctly different styles. I would say they're my my top two. Yeah. Uh, so far on this run, there are there's another artist that comes up much later, which uh, we will get to her in, in mm-hmm. due time. I think yep. you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so I, though, I'm going to go with them as my top three so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way he draws Shredder oh, man. is absolutely menacing. 
It very much is. I, I love it. And uh, you, you will be happy to know that Mateus actually picks up the the regular the regular book, like the, the ongoing book, for a long time. Like he, he, he does a lot of the regular book after this uh, arc here. Santa Loco, he has a way of both drawing a turtle as fierce and deadly, yeah, but in the exact same panel, the turtle is also playful and jolly. Yeah. You know, like each turtle has his own visual personality. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I absolutely love the way he draws turtles. I really do. The secret ingredient is love. That's I guess that that might be what it is. Uh, that, that, he's he's another guy that I really want to have on the show because I I just want to talk to him about how he created some of these like what was going into his mind when he gave Michelangelo a slightly more childish face. Yeah. You know, it's it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um and talk about the game the video game too cuz his art is used for that as well. That's true. It is. I'm not sure how much input he had in the game, but his art is on the cover though. I know that much. Yeah. So, let's jump into book 2. Book 2. Book 2. So, April and Casey are headed to to to, to meet with the what's his name? Do we know his name? I'm sure he has a name, right? Miller. Dr. Miller. Miller time. Miller time. Yes. And the they see that he's meeting with with Karai. So they're like, aha, we knew it. He's not a good dude. So instead of meeting with him, they follow him. And it's very obvious that uh, they're being followed because they're driving that big VW microbus uh, that is yeah. all over Turtles everything. Yeah. Which I love. I love that there's a weird consistency there. I do too. It's kind of like the Delta in the um, the Evil Dead. In every other movie that Sam Raimi has directed, that stupid car has showed up in one shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Great. Uh, so, Dr. Miller is clearly in over his head. Karai is ordering her goons to attack the turtles. Dr. Miller's freaking out because he's like, wait, what? I thought this was just a business decision. And so, then there's a awesome, like, fight that takes place on top of the, the, the VW microbus and on top of the, 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 the limo that's being driven. I'm that's, not going to lie to you. Uh-huh. I drooled. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the panels in this fight specifically are mind blowing. It's like having a bite of a succulent steak. It's that delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You people think I'm exaggerating. I am not. Like, no, you're not. I want to see this in a freaking movie. Do, do, do you remember when we talked about the third issue of the first Mirage run and how disappointed I was in the the the, the VW microbus chase yeah. scene? Oh, yes. This is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> this is like straight up like 90s action style. Yeah. Just insanity. Yeah. And and. The quips, like the turtle quips between each other and, you know, to the to the bad guys are on point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're absolutely well written in every every single scenario here. These are the people I want writing the movie. OK, Santa Loco, then we'll do, we'll 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 get him on the phone. Yeah. Uh, 
so the, the 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 bus crashes and they put a tracker on on Karai and they're able to follow. They put a tracker on the doctor. Well, it, it doesn't matter. They, they, but they put a tracker with Karai and the doctor. It it, it could have landed in one of them's hair. It doesn't matter. It's a giant shuriken. It doesn't matter. It land in his hair. <laughs> Look, them <laughs> not seeing it like in the side of a suitcase or or briefcase is just as ridiculous. But that is ridiculous. But you know, it's great kind of ridiculous. Moving on. <laughs> Some antics. Yeah, the shredder basically offers Dr. Miller a job. And he offers him a lot of money to do it. Now we cut to ancient Japan again and this is we see we get to see baby uh shredder baby Urukusaki. oh and he's adorable uh and it's revealed that saki is actually the reincarnated soul of tatsu oh snap they, yeah they don't even take a lot of time you know burying the lead here they immediately say this kid is cursed what do we do and he, he gets convinced to you know, raise the child anyway, even though we know he's the the, the soul of you know the, the the evil Tatsu. He's the devil. Yeah, basically saying if you raise this kid right, it'll be fine. You know, nature versus nurture, fella. And then we you know we find out late you know we find out in this book that Saki does of course grow up to be the the the, the arrogant jerk that the Shredder is. The Shredder feels like or Saki feels like he's been passed over for a promotion because of his behavior, not even because because of his behavior. He blames it on everyone else, which is, of course, what he does. As soon as he feels that he's been overlooked, that's when Kitsune shows up uh, in her three-tailed fox form and it hints, hey, 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 buddy, go check onto the floor. There's a there's a box there for you. And he finds it. Uh, and, and that's bad news. Uh, the turtles and Splinter, uh, they end up finding their way to where Karai and Shredder are and a fantastic fight scene breaks out. Uh, th- there's a, there's a really good gag at the beginning of this fight scene where Casey and April are taking the elevator up and the doors open and they see just like 30 foot, <laughs> uh, foot members staring at them and they're like, Oh nuts. But yeah. before anything can happen, the four turtles and splinter just pop out of nowhere and just, and and yell trick or treat and just start beating them all down. It is so breathtaking. And especially the attention to detail when Donnie hits one of them in the head, his lens pops out. Oh yeah. It was his, um, out of his mask. Mm hmm. I was like, Whoa, I don't think we've seen that before. We haven't, we haven't. And, And like at this point in, the secret history of the foot clan Santa logo is literally bragging. Yeah. Like, like the, the art in these action sequences is ridiculous. Like even, even the, 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 the panel where shredder just slaps the crap out of, uh, Karai for allowing the turtles to place a tracker on the, on the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like that's a better panel than what you're going to see in most of the turtle comics. Yeah. And it, the, the, probably the most impressive thing in this book, to me at least, is the very last panel on the back page. Oh my god! That is okay. literally drawn as if it's in a fisheye lens. And then I have kind of a theory behind it too. There's also that scene in the Daredevil uh, Netflix series where the fight just takes place in that 
long hallway and the camera never moves. Yep. That could be an homage to that. It's but very it is, possible. It's absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. It, it almost looks like it's a, a shot taken from a uh, security camera. Yeah. And I don't know how he pulled that off, but it's it's very nicely executed. Yeah. It, it's again, he's just bragging. <laughs> <laughs> and he should. Yeah. Yeah. He, he this is him pitching. Hey, hey, guys, can I just draw the draw this book just for forever now? <laughs> Almost forever. Yeah. We'll take yeah that. So, so uh, what do you think of book two? Oh, man, there's so much going on. Um, again, you know, the action beats, you know, had me hooked that that whole, you know, uh, that whole tunnel uh, chase sequence was just breathtaking um of course you know i'm a big fan of action everything Mm -hmm. um so i watch a lot of stuff um just again the story is is also very tightly woven and you're you know you're engaged the entire time um and shredder like you said is absolutely menacing yep and it's just like i was like nope i don't nope i'm i'm out i'll see (laughs) y'all um and um I don't know if I would have dug this nearly as much if it wasn't so well written. Yeah. On the turtles end. Mm-hmm. Because it is well written on the on the ancient Japan end. Like they're 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 telling a very detailed story that has a lot of nuance to it and a lot very, very deliberate steps to get Shredder to where he is today. Mm-hmm. But it like intercutting that with the turtles like fantastic teenage dialogue and their breathtaking action sequences. Like they're, it's like they're telling two stories, but they wouldn't work by themselves. Like if you just took the ancient Japan part and put it in one book and then the turtle part in another book, it would not be as good. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that a lot. Oh, definitely. Uh, let's move to issue three. We're a home stretch, home stretch, Jeff. Home stretch. Saki's father realizes that Saki found the the the, the box, and he's like, "Oh, we, we knew this was going to come. Uh, this is bad. We need to we need to take care of it." And much like his ancestors, the the Foot Clan sent dudes to 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 you know, not necessarily kill him, but basically rough him up and and and, and put him in his place. And when they got there, they intended on killing him. So Shredder just murdered both of them. And this is the this 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 is the scene where Shredder gets his his famous scar on his face. Yeah. In in other iterations, it's been you know Splinter that gave him the scar. But in, but in this case, since there hasn't really been many instances where Splinter and Shredder are in the same room, this has a lot more meaning for this character. Yeah. Because it is it is it is the point at which the Foot Clan betrays him. So the the physical the physical scar on his face makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the turtles, of course, are still fighting with the the Foot Clan, uh, trying to save the the Doctor, uh, and also steal the book that the Doctor has in his hand, or at least make sure the the book does not make it into the hands of the Foot Clan. It's not the Necronomicon. It's the Book of the Foot. It's the it's the foot book. So many action sequences here. It's Karai versus Leo. Uh, Casey is fighting. Alapex shows up. Who is a fox? Yeah. 
<laughs> we get some Shredder versus Splinter action. Uh, April's trying to convince uh, Dr. Miller to, we've got to leave. You've got to take the, bring this book, and we've got to get out of here. The entire time Karai is fighting Leo, she's just talking trash. It's like, you're not nearly as impressive as my grandfather thinks you are, or whatever. Like, she, she's very much doubting the, the, the skills of, of Leonardo. And there's more fighting and more fighting. It, literally, it's just all fighting for, like, most of this third book. The fight spills out in the street. The turtles get in, into the, 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 the bus or the, 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 the van, and, and, and they drive off, leaving Raphael uh, fighting Alapex. Alapex then immediately runs after the, bu- the, the, the van. <laughs> Raphael steals a motorcycle. <laughs> which situationally stole the motorcycle. He 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 was going to give it back. Pretty great. He probably won't. He he probably will. Uh, there's a long history of Raphael on motorcycles, so that was really cool. But 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 again, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call attention to this. When did he learn to ride a motorcycle? Don't know. <laughs> He's a ninja. He can adapt. Okay, fine. But when did they learn to ride a bicycle? Like, is, are there bicycles in in the sewer? We we don't know the full details of their you know backstory just yet so okay fine fine like every little micro minutia maybe there'll be an issue where you know it's turtles on bikes maybe maybe who knows so Alapex catches up with the van Raphael knocks her off uh, they 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 successfully escape with both the doctor and the book uh, Leo has been injured uh, and they learn that the shredder is unkillable. He has the Dragon Warrior in his blood, uh, the Dragon Warrior being the the uh, the soul of, of Tatsu, and they can't kill him. And there's a really good shot of Leo realizing that and saying he's basically unkillable. He has his mask off. There's so much detail and expression to his face in that panel. Yeah. And the, the, the book ends with a... A shot in ancient Japan where Saki has just decided I'm taking over the Foot Clan by killing everyone in charge, which is exactly what he does, because that's what Shredder does. What do you have about book three? Oh, man, there's there's <laughs> didn't we learn that. Uh... No, wait, that's the next one. Never mind. Um, my God, the action beats in this. They I really mean... are. Something, man. Just breathtaking. And then, like, the the command of of coloring all throughout, <laughs> like, especially when they're in the hallway and they see Alapex and the foot, and then the doctor. I was like, oh, because just I just a, a fantastic shade of magenta. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 awesome that you say a good command of color. Uh, that bleeds over into just like distinguishing between the stories that are told in ancient, the part of the story that's told in ancient Japan and the part that's told in modern day, because even without any, you know, any text to say, meanwhile, present day, or meanwhile in ancient Japan, you know exactly when that transition is based on the washed out colors, based on the way the, the panels are drawn. Like even the, the outline of the panels are, are almost sketched on as if uh, they're written on like parchment or something. Parchment? Is that a paper? Yeah, that's a paper on papyrus. His ability to weave the two stories together without having to explicitly say, 
we're jumping from this part to this part just by visual cues is very impressive. It really is. Um, I think that's all I have for this issue because I, like I, I can't praise the action more than I already have. <laughs> it's it's freaking phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's you know, yeah. pretty much all I got too. All right, well then the big grand finale, issue four, of Secret History of the Foot Clan. I'm opening it up. I mean, come on, loading archive. Let's go. All right. Okay, it opens with Saki taking control of the Foot Clan. Right, he's he's killed everyone, everyone in charge, uh, and has basically said, "I was next in line." All of the other buddy, all the other dudes agree. Uh, are you going to be a problem, uh, Hamato Yoshi? And he's like, "No, no, uh, like I'll I'll fall in line." Uh, the turtles and April and Splinter and Casey and Doctor Miller are all hanging out at what I believe is it's the bar that that Casey is uh, friends with the owner, mm-hmm. uh, and they're reading the book. And here is <laughs> the, the earlier you. You uh, alluded to Michelangelo having a, a, a an interesting arc in a future book. Well, I think yeah. this is what you were referring to, correct? Yes. So Michelangelo is just reading out of this 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 ancient Japanese book uh, like it's nothing, and everyone immediately realize, realizes, wait a minute, that book's in Japanese. How do you, how can you read that? And <laughs> it, yeah, they they all chalk it up chalk it up to hey. We're reincarnated beings from ancient Japan, so that must have carried over. And Mikey's like, "Yeah, cool," you know. And he, and he he goes into this whole spiel about how he just sees it as kind of a video game thing. And Which was great. Just, yeah, it doesn't matter what body he's currently playing; uh, he's still Mikey upstairs. So I guess that's what it's you know. <laughs> I guess that that's what's going on now. And probably the most Mikey thing we've seen so far is when he realizes that he's able to read more manga now. Yes. That made me so happy. So happy. Like literally you, you re you realize you know an entire other language and your first thought is I can read more manga now. Like there <laughs> nothing is more Mikey than that. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't have to wait for any translations. It's like I can let's just do this. <laughs> um, let me see if there's anything they get important out of that. I don't think we really get anything important there, except that Mikey knows Japanese. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty freaking good. Yeah. So Shredder tracks them to the bar that they're at, uh, using you know some thugs that they pay on the side. And that is where the big final showdown is going to happen. The attack is very reminiscent of uh, the an attack that that Hamato Yoshi was involved with uh, in ancient Japan, and they cut back to that, and and that's how the fight starts. He's like, they're going to come in from the back, and boom, they came in from the back. Like it was it it was very a very good way to tie these two stories together at the height of this action. Mm. April. <laughs> hits Dr. Miller when Dr. Miller's like, no, I'm grabbing the book and I'm going to go hang out with these the, the, these other ninjas because they seem like, you know, they're going to win and they're going to offer me money and whatnot. And also they're they're going to allow me to continue my research. I got to go. April's like, nope, 
grabs the book and smacks him and basically asked it right cross. Yeah. And, and, and basically establishes, I am more physically dominant than you. You're not getting this book back professor. Mm -hmm. And he just runs, he just runs, uh, and, uh, joins joins Shredder without the book. Uh, Shredder's not happy about that. Fighting continues. Uh, more awesome Splinter Shredder action. The whole fight between Splinter and Shredder was just a distraction to try to get everyone out of the building and you know escaping. Uh, Shredder saw through that, uh, but they still got to the car and they they were able to to drive off, and they called the cops, which <laughs> was a brilliant move by April. Yes, it was. Uh, the, the turtles escape with the book. Uh, they they make it back to their 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 lair inside the the church, and they burn they they read the Mike, Michelangelo reads the book, finds out that there's not really much in it. It's mostly just a diary, uh, but they do learn some key things about uh, the magic that has kept Sh uh, Shredder alive. Mm -hmm. And then they burn it. He's going to be so pissed. Yes, he's going to be very pissed. Cut back to Karai and Doctor Miller they basically have to answer for their mistakes and it, he gives dr miller the you know the ultimatum you're going to succeed in your research or we will kill you well what well, we 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 cut back to ancient japan i believe one more time yeah one more time to find out what what exactly is this whole thing that kitsune is working on with the the krang or with with the the utram the utram comes back through the portal uh, with what she requested, and he basically is ask, asking for payment. It's like, okay, I've got you what you want. Now here's what I want. Shredder, being the Shredder, says, no, demon, our arrangement is over, and murders him. Or not murders him, but fires a whole bunch of fire arrows at him, destroys his portal, and pushes him back through. Yeah. Uh, huge explosion behind him. Uh, cool guys don't look at explosions. You know that rule. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he shares a kiss with Kitsune, and that's where, sh like, Shredder's reign has is basically started. Um, Kitsune prepares a, a an elixir that he's that Shredder's supposed to drink that is going to keep him alive or regenerate his body over a long period of time. He has to commit K Harry Carey. He does. He lays <laughs> in this big vat of uh. Of That's not Harry Carey. Harry Kari? Have you had Harakari? Harry Curry? <laughs> Harry Carey. That's a good call, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you say it, Jeff. How do you say it? Harry Curry. That's what I said. <laughs> Moving on. He kills himself, right? Yeah. Kitsune puts her blood and the elixir and a whole bunch of green liquid into a what is basically a coffin. Uh, and what that does is he regenerates his body and becomes the shredder that we know in present day, having been awoken by Karai, what, 200 years later? Yeah. And the very last shot is shredder standing on, you know, the balcony of a, of a, a New York building looking over, the city that he plans on taking over. It's a very, it's a very ominous last frame. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of, um, Ra's al Ghul from the Batman series. Yeah. 
to that kind of like feels like it's kind of going back to because the Lazarus pit keeps him alive for centuries. So I did not even like, think about that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I, like I like that. Yeah. And that's a great art too. That's a great read. Hmm. Well, that was issue four. What are your thoughts on that? Oh God. I mean, just you know, there's not as many action beats, but that's okay because it's kind of ramping down. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, obviously my favorite thing, you know, being oh oh Mikey, you know Japanese. Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Read more manga now, yay. Um, uh, I I I really don't know what else I could say other than just, just this is just been a great read. Yeah, it's it's absolutely a great read, and, and it's a great read if you don't know anything about the the, the IDW run. It, it's it's just a solid book. Yeah, start to finish. I really am a huge fan of how Mateo Santaloco wrote this. Oh, without a doubt. A huge fan of it. Uh, and I'm really glad that his work on this four-issue miniseries was impressive enough for them to pick him up for the main series. Yeah. I like I'm 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 very excited uh, going forward uh, to read uh, to read more. Like I was just like I hung on every frame um or I hung on every panel, um, every just everything. I was just like, more, 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 more. <laughs> well, there is plenty more to come, Jeff. Yeah, don't have to worry about that. Uh, ne- like the next time we pick this this arc up uh, will be issue twenty one, and issue twenty one is uh, a Kevin Eastman joint, mm-hmm. just through and through. After twenty one. That's like 2022 20, is when Santa Loco picks it up as the main artist. And he takes us all the way through City Fall, which is a very ambitious eight issue arc that we're going to cover next time we talk about IDW. So I'm I'm thrilled to talk about City Fall. Oh, good. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Uh, but that's not what we're doing today. Jeff, any final thoughts? What haven't we already said? Like, yeah, right. It, um, this, this run, like I was like, it just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, there's, oh my God, the action panels just, just floored me. Like I said, it's stuff that I want to see put into motion. You know, yeah. like I, I yeah. want these people, the people that worked on these books to be, to, to have a hand in, you know, other, you know, formats oh i agree i agree and like what it did for me is it gave me things that i didn't know i wanted yeah you know because because the two major arcs that we read for for this episode are very original they 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 pick and choose little bitty pieces of 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 turtles history like the, the turtles going to dimension x or you know or another you know planet or whatever that's not a new concept Mm-hmm. But the way they executed it here in the Krang War is a fresh idea. Oh yeah, the execution was fantastic. So I feel like these thirteen or two, I'm just gonna say these eight because there were two two arcs two specific arcs arcs here that here is where I finally was like this is a legit book. 
like prior to this, it was good. It was, it felt like a, an homage or it was like, hey, this is an, a, a quirky little thing. No, this is where it really got its footing and said, no, this is going to be your favorite turtle thing for quite a while. Yeah. And it has been like like this IDW run has been one of the bright spots in Turtles fandom for the past at this point nine years. Wow, and I I think that's mainly in part to everybody that's been working on these books, uh, you know, writers, artists, everything. You can tell that they're passionate and have a love for turtles, and clearly grew up with the turtles like just about everybody who was you know around in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And wanted to see maybe like a more mature take on, you know, the eighties cartoon, which it does. It does definitely feel like that, but it's not just that it's definitely like, it's like we have touched on in, in, in previous podcasts, it's a melting pot, but it doesn't just do that. It expands on, uh, just, Everything and like you said, it takes it in some new and interesting different directions, which is instead of just like being stale and just rehashing stuff over and over and over again, which a lot of mediums tend to do. So it's nice to have something fresh but familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it respects the source material in ways that other reboots don't. Yeah. And we need more of that. Yeah, like it takes liberties. Like I'm not saying it it it, it, it sticks to the source material. That's a, that's a different word. It respects it. It it knows what it's trying to do, but it also knows what the turtles are. Yeah. So yeah, if you're not reading the IDW book, I'm not talking to you specifically, the Royal You. If you're not reading the IDW book, you need to. Yeah. You absolutely need to. Jeff, what are we talking about next time? Ooh, I don't know. You don't know. No. Well, I don't either. I'm, so. a, I'm guessing more Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes, we're talking about more Ninja Turtles. This episode is episode 44, so next episode is episode 45. Got to be a character spotlight. Yeah, so considering who we've already talked about, who do you think is next? Uh, our Fly Guy. Our Fly Guy, yeah, Baxter Stockman. You're absolutely right. Ba- Baxter Stockman is next. So in about two weeks, you can you can check us out listening or talking about Baxter Stockman uh, and his many interesting incarnations. So, Jeff, where can we find you when you're not podcasting about heroes in a half shell? Ooh, that's nice. I like that. Uh, <laughs> as always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade. Uh, we are a specialty arcade uh, run by gamers for gamers. Uh from and hundreds of games to play, ranging from retro to modern. Um, big Neo Geo fans, uh, you know, King of Fighters, Fatal Fury, um, uh, Samurai Showdown, all that, you know, Windjammers, all those great, fantastic, classic games. Um, we do tournaments, we do birthday parties. Uh, you know, uh, once we're, you know, done quarantining. If you love games. You'd be extremely hard pressed to find anybody else more passionate than than us um, from every literally every generation of gaming. So please come check us out. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, you know, I'm posting stuff here and there to keep people entertained. Um, so please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, just the Warp Zone Arcade, and you can look for our Circle Controller logo. Cool, 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 cool. Where can we uh, find you, Sergio? 
I'm uh, I'm the reality breached guy. Uh, we have we we had a big month all like we had episode three episodes this month of reality breached, which is more than we usually do per month. So it 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 was, it was real real busy. But the thing I really want to plug is debriefing and cocktails. That's our brand new limited series about James Bond. Uh, me and Reed Walker talk about every James Bond movie. Just one after another, uh, kind of leading up to uh, the release of No Time to Die. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah. Check it out. It's on all podcast platforms. Uh, that includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, you listen to po- you're listening to a podcast right now. So whatever, whatever you're using to listen to this right now, you can use to find debriefing and cocktails. Why didn't I think of wording it that way before? Who knows? Mm-hmm. check it out you can also go to realitybreach.com to see all of our content and that'll do it for my plug Jeff I thank you for joining me today well thank you for having me Sergio it's always a pleasure and l- listeners we are happy to hear you wait that's not it listeners <laughs> and listeners we're happy that you're listening uh, tune in next time I'm Sergio I'm Jeff and we're Shellheads miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.